You're listening to the Farmyard Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Farmyard. It's a movement, have you heard? And our Patreon supporters. All about water. With host Linda Borgie and guest Evan Folds. Well, hello there. It is Linda Borgie and this is the Farm a Yard Podcast. How are you today? Oh gosh, I am sitting here looking out the window and I just can hard I could taste spring. It's in my it's in the back of my mouth. I could taste it. It's right there. Yes, okay, it is just the middle of February, and I am in Silver Spring, Maryland, and it is gray and drizzling outside, but things are starting to swell, and, um, you know, spring brings new life, and each and every one of you are just one seed away, just one seed away Well, you're one seat away if you're lucky enough to be connected with this podcast right now because Farmyard, you know, we have some special partners in our on our team very special partners one partner on our team I have not seen on any other team in the country honest to goodness and that is a soil doctor have you seen any soil doctors lately? Do you have a soil emergency? Do you even know if you have a soil emergency? Well, you know, it takes a few things, a few steps in farming a yard and growing food. And one is soil, the other is sun, and the other is water. Without those three elements, you know, we can't really grow anything. Actually, we don't grow anything at we, we just help things to grow, but we couldn't even help it to grow because there'd be there'd be nothing to work with. And what I would like to do is bring on and re-announce the uh, uh, Evan Foles is Farming Arts Soil Doctor, and he has gone all the way around the circle and has decided to land right back on our platform once again. Lucky are we. Evan, I know you're there. Here I am. Here he is. And you are going to talk about water today, aren't you? Yes, yeah, one of my favorite subjects. Is it? Is it? Well, it is my absolute favorite subject, but I don't want to take the floor any longer. So let us have it, Dr. Folds. Oh, well, water is, uh, I suppose, it's probably the simplest and at the same time, most misunderstood substance on earth. It's, uh, you know, what we use to define life as we know it, uh, here and on other planets for that matter, um, or the potential for, for life. Uh, it seems like there's, you know, I pay attention to where I have a Facebook page that I try to post on and cutting edge things that come out and it's it does seem that that uh science is mentioned to water in a fresh way which is very encouraging um but for the conversation i, I kind of see two two categories and i'll let you kind of lead the way in regards to how we tread on them but it, it's really you know the source and the application of water and then uh, kind of the science of water and uh, i think both are relevant 
to really understand to grow uh, a great garden, which is the the goal of uh, of our efforts here. So, uh, where do you want to go first? Well, I would like to go with um, the application and the source. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, you know, obviously, you know, anybody that's endeavored a garden understands they need water. Uh, the plants don't lie, right? They tell you as much if you don't. Um, it, there's some interesting concepts like dry farming that are worth poking around on uh, that are have some level of popularity um, that really restrict water to, to vegetable plants. Um, but that's that's not a, uh, a means of feeding people, let's say. Um, so water, as you identified, you know, you have the soil, you have the sun, you have the water. That's about as simple as you can make it. And uh, the, the water source is turns out to be pretty crucial. Um, I live in Wilmington, North Carolina, and we're at the end of the Cape Fear River. I think the stats say it's the sixth most polluted river in the United States. We're at the end of thousands and thousands of hog farms, uh, more pigs than people in North Carolina. And there's a, a tremendous issue with not only uh, animal waste, but uh, this Gen X issue that's popped up and it's even hit the mainstream news. And it's uh, a Teflon plant that spits this really dangerous chemical into the water that bypasses filtration systems. And it's been very interesting for me locally being so connected to water and aware of water for so long to see people wake up to the fact that water is not just wet, right? It's the, it's the universal solvent. And there's so many things that are, are, are picked up by water and made invisible that we, we tend to take it for granted. So the source of the water is, is vital uh, in regards to the peace of mind and and the result that you can get in your garden. I mean, to keep it simple and the typical municipal water system, you've got chlorine or chloramines, uh, depending on uh, what your your uh, town or company that manages your water system uses. Uh, you've got uh, fluoride compounds that are used uh, in an attempt to prevent dental decay. You have uh, and then you have everything that's not captured by the filtration systems of uh, being used. <clears throat> and all of those things are parlayed into the garden um, if, if you're not aware of it. So one obvious way, way around that is to filter it, which can be quite uh, quite an issue for someone using a large volume of water. There are some pretty good inline water uh, filtration systems that you can that you can uh, that you can get. But you know you, people have, might have heard of it before, but using rainwater um, is, is probably the most ideal source. Uh, given that it comes from the sky and, you know, people have concerns about it being acid rain and all these things. Well, the bottom line is it's nowhere near as, as, uh, adulterated as, as city water or, uh, you know, public water, let's say. Uh, and so if you can't access rainwater, uh, it's pretty simple with a rain barrel. You can make one. Um, there's nothing to rocket science there. Um, you can find some plans for that online very easily. Um, and then the third category is well water. And, you know, sometimes the well water can be ideal. Uh, other times it can be really, really bad because it's not managed in any way. It's just a direct source of, of water from the, the ecosystem. And if your aquifer or what you're pulling off of is, is contaminated through agriculture or from brownfields or in some way that you're not aware of, uh, it can be somewhat of a crapshoot. So, you know, I guess the good thing about city water is that it's consistently bad. Uh, it's not really bad enough to kill you directly. Uh, who, who knows, you know, over time, the accumulation of these things, how that works. And I don't, I don't mean to, to, to scare people more than to inform them. 
but it's really important to look into and at least call your water system and, and you know, jump through that hoop if you're, if you're going to use city water or take some measures to, to bypass it if you can. Now, also, just uh, even, if, even with city water, is it helpful to have, have uh, let's say you uh, would fill up big 55-gallon drums, plastic drums, and leave it there at least to let it leach the chlorine out of it before you would use it on your garden? Is that helpful? Yeah, that, that is good practice if, in mm-hmm. fact, you have chlorine in your water. Uh, chloramines is a different story. Chlorine... It off gases, which, you know, typically if you let your water sit out for 24 hours, then, you know, there's a measurable decrease in the amount of chlorine in the water. That is true. Um, cities and, and water systems are, are starting. My, my water system has started to use chloramines about five years ago. And it, the reason that, that city water systems or, or public water systems do that is because it doesn't off gas and it's, they, they tend to view it as more cost effective. They don't have to add as much because there's nothing being lost. So chemically, Chloramines do not off-gas. They need to be filtered if you wanted to remove them. So, you know, that's one thing that you can learn by calling your water system is just asking that question, and then you can kind of understand what your options are to, to get around that sort of thing. If you do have chlorine uh, and you want to speed the process up, you can also aerate the water, like in a, like you, what you would do to make compost tea or in an aquarium. We have a, an air pump moving, uh, even if it's just the end of a tube, uh, and disturbing the surface of the water, the surface tension of water tends to restrict its ability to, to lose things or gain things for that matter. Um, so, you know, breaking the surface of the water with an aerator will speed that process up, but it really depends on whether that chlorine is chloramine or whether it's the chlorine uh, typically used. And then also, uh, you know, the, the work of Dr. Emoto. Mm. I mean, we could just send intention to the water as well uh, to, to benefit the plants because that was proved. What what, what was that? Uh, what was that uh, type of photography called that Dr. Emoto used? Are you aware of it, Evan? I'm well aware of uh, Emoto's work. I don't know the name for his photography. I think it was just a, a microscopic photography where he was, you know, using microscopy to, to get down to the structure of, of ice crystals is is what primarily he was doing. But yeah, Emoto was a. a really a gateway for for me and for a lot of people into the qualitative aspects of water um you know i remember what the bleep do they know i think is the name of the documentary and that's where i I was introduced to it and i there's a little segment you can find it on youtube it you know they talk through the properties of water and how human intention can change it and it blew my mind because it it really does speak to uh, the, the, in my view, the real purpose of water is, is kind of a, a medium of which, in which so, subtle energies are transferred. You know, we tend to think of it as, as a hydration material, and of course it is, um, but its ability to retain and kind of distribute, uh, communicate subtle energies uh, within and between living systems is, is really um, the magic of water. I, I, I use the analogy of like in space, if we're up there talking with you know uh, without technology uh, hypothetically we can't hear each other because there's no atmosphere for the sound waves to travel through uh, you know on earth that's it's kind of water is kind of the atmosphere for subtle energies you know when you straighten a river you know we tend to think materialistically and physically about what happens in terms of the erosion and things like that but the reason the river meanders is to regenerate itself and through implosion and and it's that that motion of, of water 
being imploded on itself that really activates the water and allows it to retain these subtle energies. So yeah, for people that hear, you know, you can speak to your water and have an influence on it. That may sound crazy, but uh, Dr. Emoto is a good good avenue to, to move down in regards to seeing the, the literal nature of that. It's pretty amazing. And so beneficial to the plants uh, that would be water by this water. It's really, it's fascinating. It's also fascinating. So let's talk about application. Mm. Yeah, well, as you know, a lot of the application comes down to, how, you know, simply put how you get the water to the garden. Um, you know, anytime you can automate that, the better. Uh, you know, and once you're armed with kind of the, the, the science and potential behind water, you know, how you do that may change. And, and that's, you know, an important point. Um, but the bottom line is, you know, most people water their garden through a hose, um, and, and, you know, they do, or through a watering can. And as they know, can be quite laborious. If you enjoy it, go for it. If you've got a big enough garden, you know, that can become, quite a chore. Uh, so drip irrigation is always an option. Um, you know, these things accomplished through rainwater capture mechanisms can be uh, a step more than, than most people have taken in their garden. But I guarantee you, you know, setting up something like that that can be automated is is um, is a, a real, real help in the garden, especially with any kind of scale. Um, so w- what aspect of application would you like to cover? Well, it just I think you covered them. You covered the the different types of application, uh, drip irrigation being the last. And actually, I um, I used a gravity fed drip irrigation system in the late eighties, the late eighties, by building tables out of uh, pallet wood, and these little tables were three feet off the ground, and then having plastic food grade 55 gallon drums initially filled you know with the hose if the rain didn't come you know but that would water out a hundred feet yeah it's really incredible but you know even just gathering of water we're not connected to that anymore i mean we feel like things such as water is an unlimited resource and it's not it is so limited well you and i both having connections in africa we know darn well uh that you know there's an awful lot of people that will never even see a clean drinking water supply in their lifetime it's true yeah the majority of people on earth you know and after all here we are in our country using 40 percent of the drinking water to water our lawns i mean there's such a high level of stupidity in that that um you know it makes me nauseous on a daily basis it really does but that's what we're all about that's what we're here to uh you know to help to get to turn this train wreck around because it really is in fact a uh, a train wreck now we are going to go on uh you know with evan um and have a series of podcasts about you know where do you go from the beginning to the end when you're looking to farm your yard but keeping in line with the topic of water uh, evan it's very true that when you start to grow soil, rich humus, 
that that type of growing condition would require probably close to 50% less water than, let's say, you know, hard pan or, uh, um, you know, a sandy loam. Isn't that correct? That is correct. That's uh, a really good segue from application into kind of the, the structural capacity or, or activation capacity of water. And, you know, quality soil does retain so much more moisture. You know, if, if you're you know, do a soil test and, you know, where I live, we have one to two percent organic matter and measurably if you don't have four percent, well, then you have to irrigate uh, regardless of your rain. You have to fertilize. You have to do a lot of things because the soil's capacity to hold on to it, and in this in this conversation, the capacity of it to be a sponge is is limited. So as you increase the organic matter, um, and you know clay will also retain some moisture. Uh, it's not as accessible. Um, you you mitigate the, the need to uh, irrigate quite as much for sure. And you know I'd also add to that, um, you know as a segue, uh, the structure of water. You know it, we found. Um, you know, a former company of mine manufactured uh, compost tea brewers, and they used uh, implosion or uh, recirculation to in, to condition the water and make it more available to plant cells uh, and to, to human cells too. There's a a um, protein channel in cells called the aquaporin. Uh, actually, it was given the Nobel Prize in Chemistry. I think it was 2001, 2003. Dr. Peter Agree. And he discovered these protein channels, and the gist of it is that that they need to receive the water in a certain uh, structure, and they drank water molecules one molecule at a time. So in a very simple way of putting it, because you can quickly get very complicated in water, I think there are over 90 parameters of, or, or measurable capacities of water that can be manipulated. Mm-hmm. So it's an endlessly you know, to the uh, complicated subject to the extent that even the best scientists in the world don't have a handle on it uh, yet, and we probably never will. Um, but an easy way to think about that aquaporin engagement is the surface tension. Most people are familiar with the surface tension of water. You know, you have the water striders and the meniscus in a glass. Um, so the hydrogen bonding of that basically is a result of the polarity of water. You have the hydrogen end, positive end, and the oxygen negative end. Well, having that natural polarity uh, makes water attract itself very easily. And if the, the surface tension of water is too strong, then water tends to cluster in, the, in, in these microclusters that, you know, just intellectually, visually speaking, uh, hold the water tighter and don't allow a cell to access it. So one of the uh, results of imploding water and of magnetizing water and of treating water in a qualitative way is you can break down the surface tension and make the water wetter and you make it more uh, conducive to cellular hydration, which is really, if you think about it, the, the point, you know, you want to deliver nutrition and oxygen into the cell, water does that, and you want to remove uh, parasites and toxins, uh, which water does as well. So in, in that respect, you have um, you know, this ability to influence the water and make it more able to deliver and, and remove. And it's actually a measurable thing on a commercial level. A lot of these, you know, especially indoor farmers that understand the amount of water that they need to use on a weekly basis um, can see, you know, 30 sometimes 50% less water being used in their in their applications. So it's not only the the amount of the the ability of the the application to retain the moisture uh, and then deliver it because it can also be ever done, right? I mean that's why perlite is in potting soil to allow the drainage. So you you don't want to, you know, roots need to breathe also. 
but if you can if you can manage that uh, capacity, it increases it. And and also if you can manage the capacity of the structure of the water, uh, you know, it, it, to put kind of a human face on it, because this is always a way that makes sense for people. We're told to drink half our weight in ounces a day uh, to not be dehydrated as a human. And that actually turns out to be quite a bit of water uh, if you do the do the math. Um, and so, you know, people that do that can still be actually, you know, measurably dehydrated because the water is just irrigating their kidneys. You know, it's, it's not hydrating their cells. So if you condition your water to be more capable of being accessed by life, by cells, to be, uh, you can really flip the script on that and, uh, you know, not only increase your health, but increase the health of your garden. And, and as you said, reduce the amount of water that you would need to use. I love the term water is wetter. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? But it's the truth. That's the truth. Well, gosh, I thank you, Evan. Boy, a lot to think about in this episode. And we'll be hearing an awful lot more from you going forward. By the time we're done this season, I believe you're going to have all the components put together for anyone to be successful in their gardening endeavors. Um, Evan is putting together a package currently and uh, we're going to hear an awful lot more about that in the episodes to come. Very good. I really appreciate you having me. And uh, We've got a website that's being developed, uh, but for the time being, if you want to seek us out on Facebook at Be Agriculture, B-E Agriculture, uh, you can send me an email and um, I'm happy to help you how I can. And Thank you, Linda, for having me on. What's your, what's your email address, Evan? It's evan at beagriculture.com. Perfect. Well, thank you, sweetheart. Once again, I really appreciate your time. Of course. Great to be here. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. I want to thank all our Patreon supporters. Without you, how would we publish this podcast on a weekly basis? Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Please subscribe, download, comment, and share. That would be awesome if you could do that. Well, that's all for now, Brown Cow. I will see you on the flip side. And until then, go farm your yard. This podcast is community-supported. We thank everyone for tuning in, and a special thank you goes out to all our Patreon supporters. If you enjoy our content, please subscribe and share. You can help support us through Farmyard, all one word, on patreon.com.